These people, mostly Christian conservative traditionalists, use their ideas about original intent to justify decisions that are hateful and hurtful to so many people. The consequences are so often unacceptable and harmful, and they don't care. Welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. And I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. Welcome in. Cindy, I'm hearing about the Federalist Society lately, and I'm not totally clear what it is, but it seems to be having a serious influence on the Supreme Court and other parts of our political landscape, and not in a good way. I've been hearing about it, too. I bet plenty of other people don't really know what it is, like either of us. Right? That's why we're going to talk about it today. So, Cindy, what is it? Well, here's what we found out. The Federalist Society for Law and Public Policy Studies, usually just referred to as the Federalist Society, is a group of conservatives and libertarians dedicated to reforming the current legal order, as they say on their website. I have a very strong feeling they don't mean progressive reform. Oh, no. For them, the current legal order is too liberal and veers too much into caring about people who were not addressed in the original Constitution and therefore should not have a place in constitutional rulings. Let me just say, that's crazy. That would be basically everyone but white Christian men. But I don't want to get off course. Let's keep going. I don't think that's of course. The Federalist Society was first founded as a student association and has grown over the years into a hugely powerful network of conservative students, lawyers, and other professionals. The group started in 1982, inspired by Reagan's push for conservative reforms in the government. Well, yes, at that time, law school campuses were mostly liberal. The majority of students and professors believed that most major Supreme Court decisions on issues like abortion, birth control, racial integration, and voting rights were sound ones, morally and legally the right decisions to have made. Um, that's because they were? Yeah, except a small group of conservative and libertarian-leaning students believed these decisions were not constitutionally sound because they didn't reflect what the original founders intended in their writing of the Constitution. It's starting to sound like these folks are treating the Constitution the way the fundamentalist Christians treat the Bible, like it's literal, like time stopped. That's exactly right. At the time, these were minority ideas that weren't really discussed in their classes, so they decided to form a club to bring conservative and libertarian views into their law schools. 
Right. Their first conference was held at Yale with 200 people attending and speakers included Antonin Scalia, who was a law professor at the time, and Theodore Olson, who was an assistant attorney general in the Reagan administration. And interestingly, four years later, Scalia took his seat on the Supreme Court and Olson eventually became a major litigator who successfully argued a bunch of cases in front of the Supreme Court. A lot of Scalia's ideas about originalism and taking constitutional decisions back to their original meaning were embraced by members of the Federalist Society, which continues to promote Scalia's conservative judicial philosophy. Their voices and ideals grew stronger, and a trend toward conservative ideas in politics solidified. And now the Federalist Society is a very powerful organization of conservatives and libertarians with a chapter at many major law schools and dozens of professional chapters across the country. Yeah, it's not just students anymore. Basically, they want judges to interpret the law as it was written without adding any interpretation regarding how the laws written over 200 years ago affect people, communities, or our society today. Let me just interpret that. It seems like a racist, misogynistic, primitive view, not to mention extremely uncaring. And their talking point is that they take no sides on issues. They just read text and follow what it says. Cindy, that is not a real thing. Everything can be interpreted and needs to be. And you need to take current conditions into account, of course, for it to be meaningful. But to them, decisions like the one that legalized abortion in Roe v. Wade symbolize the height of the court diverging from the actual text of the Constitution. Yes, that's how insane it is. They felt that way because there's nothing about abortion in the original Constitution. In fact, the Constitution treats women as second-class citizens does not offer women the same protections as men and no protection against discrimination based on sex. So this is an example of what federalists would see as essentially making up laws with no basis. How abortion or other rights for women would impact actual women in their view? That's not case law. We don't care about that. The law does not support it because the Constitution doesn't mention it. And in further insanity... They claim that because their legal interpretations are based directly on what the founders wrote, their views on issues are, quote, value neutral. As if preventing women from access to health care is definitely not unbiased. Compulsively reading the Constitution like it applies today, exactly as it did hundreds of years ago, first of all, is extremely biased. It isn't what the founders would have approved of. Since they were pretty progressive, it's totally arbitrary. Yes. Based on their ideas, this conservative legal movement has worked for the past 40 years to radically change the way laws are interpreted and made. The Federalist Society became a way for these conservatives to find each other and to promote people from within the group for legal jobs and judgeships as much as possible. Even other conservative Republican appointees on the Supreme Court have at times sided with more liberal colleagues on matters that seem so obvious and morally the right choices. Not always, for sure, and not lately very much at all, but at least some of the time. One example in 1992, 
three Republican-appointed judges upheld the constitutional right to abortion that was questioned in Planned Parenthood versus Casey. But a strong, persistent traditionalist group, including the Federalists, keep pushing their originalist agenda forward. Their mantra is that a judge's job is not to make value judgments or speculate about the potential consequences of decisions they make. Why? That's an arbitrary thing that they believe, but that's what they believe. But the judge's job, in their view, is to decide cases by looking only at how the Constitution was understood at the time it was written. It sounds so bizarre. They're like they're in a cult. It is a cult. And over time, the originalist justices have taken their seats one by one on the Supreme Court. Cindy, it makes me so sad. I used to admire the justices, most of them anyway, as intelligent and experienced guides for how society should work. Now it's a federalist society cult, except for a few people. It has no real logic, just tons of prejudice. True. The Federalist Society was totally instrumental in helping Trump with Supreme Court picks. An executive vice president of the Federalist Society actually took leave from the society to cull a list of potential justices for Trump from the Federalist Society network. And at the time, both Trump and the Federalist Society admitted that their focus was getting young, conservative in their terms, conservative judges and justices at all levels of the court so that they could have maximum influence for the longest amount of time. Trump appointed three of the six conservative justices who will potentially be on the court for decades. And all six members of today's conservative majority on the Supreme Court have ties to the Federalist Society. All six of them voted to end federal abortion rights that were in place for 50 years and for the ridiculous, unreasonable, illogical reason that it wasn't written in the Constitution. It's so religious or culty or something that shouldn't be in the Supreme Court. No. And now that they've had their way for the decision in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization that overturned the constitutional right to abortion, They've picked up even more steam and threatened to reinterpret other rights in the same way. And by the way, they're a minority and they have all this power to do that. It's scary. They have a lot in place to work on it. They now have placed academics, scholars, other professionals in positions where they can assert their ideas and their influence through writing, research and other so-called scholarship based on this historical view of issues and subjects like the nature of marriage, religious freedom, and other protections that we take for granted that we have come to depend on. These people, mostly Christian conservative traditionalists, use their ideas about original intent to justify decisions that are hateful and hurtful to so many people. The consequences are so often unacceptable and harmful, and they don't care. Right? As a matter of fact, maybe that's how they want it. They twist it and say their way of interpretation does the opposite of exerting negative perspective, that their way of looking at the law does not reflect personal or party preferences or opinion, but it's free of biased influence. I just have to say nothing is ever free of bias ever, ever, ever. So the fact that that's their argument tells you how biased they are. It's just not true. That way of thinking in itself is biased. You're right, Julie. 
Choosing not to look at the way decisions affect actual people and society is an evil perspective. By not choosing to care, they're choosing not to, not to care. To them, their ideas are anchored in the past. We call that being stuck in the past. Or delusional. Conservatives don't always agree, but there seems to be more and more pressure to lean into this traditionalist point of view on a lot of issues. Neil Gorsuch, an originalist, wrote the 2020 decision that extended workplace protections to LGBTQ employees. But now pressure is on to reconsider all of these ideas again. Now that the conservative base has won a major battle in the Dobbs decision, there's new energy. Can this momentum keep going or can it be stopped or slowed? Will we be able to maintain some legal control in these areas? I hope so, Cindy. The conservative movement has long been united in believing that abortion is not a constitutionally protected right. Yet it's always been very divided on whether that means it should be illegal or not. And as we found out before, the majority believed it should be legal. Even pro-life activist leaders have advocated for not criminalizing or punishing women for having abortions. They do support penalties for people supporting or performing abortions and view it as people taking advantage and profiting from the death of children, which is just one of their very negative and unhelpful twisted judgments. It's a way of putting their argument so public opinion of the religious right can potentially be swayed. And they say this has no personal prejudicial basis. They're liars. The Center for American Progress, found at AmericanProgress.org, focuses on issues to improve the lives of all Americans and recognizes the needs for immediate and future structural court reforms, such as term limits, a binding code of ethics, and increased transparency that could help depoliticize the Supreme Court and make it more reflective of the nation. Check it out. It's important. Thanks for joining us. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shrinks on Third. Till next time. Take care.